0: at mvfcolorado.com now stay tuned for this week's message if you've ever researched your family tree maybe for a school project or on one of those ancestry sites then you may have thought back further than most of us do about our genealogy and our ancestors but for most of us we probably only recollect a couple of generations back right our grandparents our great-grandparents maybe our great-great-grandparents. We likely have some stories, maybe some traditions, some sayings. Uh, Some of you might have some jewelry, tools, some furniture that's been passed down to you from a previous generation. Knowing the past history of our family gives us roots here on Earth, and those roots impact us and our families in various ways. If we're honest, though, Most of us tend to concentrate on the here and now of our families. We likely look forward to the next generation more than we look backward. Many of you are just starting your families, and others of you are now welcoming grandbabies, maybe some great grandbabies. But likely, all of you are more concerned with where your family is going than where it's been. God was equally concerned with where his family was going. It's why he orchestrated his kingdom-building plan from even before the beginning of creation. And he's been faithful to fulfill his plan for the greatest impact on all generations since. Today, we're going to continue on in our impact series. We're going to look at the impact of a church family. We're going to go back to the beginning, to all things in creation, and then we're going to trace the impact of God's plan for the church family looking at our spiritual roots so we are able to more fully contribute to the positive impact of a church family going forward. The Bible is full of familial language, that's the terms brothers and sisters, um, that kind of language, and I think that shows us what's important to God. Family. His family. The church family. Those of us sitting here who profess Jesus as our Lord and Savior have been adopted into the family of God, where the result of God's impact, the impact of God's plan from before the beginning of creation, as it is laid out in the Bible, right, thousands of years and numerous generations ago. Now, if you're here today and you haven't yet professed Jesus as your Lord and Savior— you'll discover that you, too, have been impacted by God's plan. And if you're open, God's plan can have even more impact upon your life and your future. So just as knowing those traditions of our story, you know, and the stories of our earthly family gives us roots, knowing the seamless story of the Bible and God's God's kingdom-building plan gives us roots as we try to grow our faith. As we look forward to the future, the Bible also helps us to to determine the type of legacy and the impact that we'd like to have on future generations. In the Bible, we learn who God is and his character, as he impacted the lives of the biblical families, which in turn impacts us and our families. The Bible recounts the milestone markers of our spiritual history, the good and the bad. Like our personal stories, both the good and the bad make up who we are and where we're going. All of it makes an impact. As you have felt the impact of certain moments and events within your earthly family, we have also felt the impact of certain moments within God's redemptive history. These moments are milestone markers within God's plan. And as we read through the Bible, there are many, we're just going to look at a few. In the beginning, in Genesis, we come out of the gate with two milestone markers. These milestone markers are in the story of Scripture, and they impact us still today. Creation and the fall. In Genesis 1, we have creation and a garden and perfect union between Adam and Eve and God. By Genesis 3, we have the fall of mankind due to the rebellion of Adam and Eve. They're expelled from the garden, and they're separated from the harmonious relationship that they experienced with God in the garden in Eden. In God's judgment against Adam and Eve, death is ushered in. We see a mix of consequences pronounced by God. But God's last word is never judgment. He always leaves us with hope. In Genesis 3.15, God said to the serpent, and i will cause hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring he will strike your head and you will strike his heel genesis 3:15 tells us one is coming who will defeat sin and death and will redeem sinners to a right relationship with god this is the promise and the hope of jesus And though we see the negative impact of a church family here in Adam and Eve's story, more importantly, we also see the redemptive impact of God's pronouncement. God's plan of redemption, his promise of hope and restoration, far exceeds the negative impact of the fall. In Genesis 12 and 15, God's covenant with Abraham is one of the major milestone markers that we see impacting future generations for the good of the church family. God chooses the family of Abraham to be the instrument of blessing to all peoples and all nations. Genesis 12, verse 1, the Lord had said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous. And you will be a blessing to others. I'll bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. Abraham's family blessing has impacted all of us sitting here today who are not of Jewish descent which is most likely all of us here. We are Gentiles, and it is through the Abrahamic covenant that we too can join God's family. The blessing of hope of Jesus has been extended beyond the Jewish people to include all people who will freely accept God's gift of salvation. In 2 Samuel 7, we see another milestone marker in the Davidic covenant. Now, if you've ever wondered why there are so many genealogies in the Bible this is one of the reasons God establishes a covenant with King David a descendant of Abraham and he the covenant says that there will always be one from the family line of David sitting on the throne we can now see that this was to be an eternal throne with an eternal kingdom fulfilled through the promised Messiah all of us sitting here now are impacted by David's kingly line because King Jesus died for our sins. He rose victoriously from the grave and will return one day to defeat sin and death once for all in his final battle against the serpent. While we live in the here and now, before Jesus' return, Hebrews twelve two reminds us to keep our eyes on Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. Who is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Which brings us to the most momentous milestone marker in the Bible Jesus Himself. The New Testament Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, testify to Jesus' earthly life, His death, the burial, resurrection, and ascension into heaven. Jesus is God's redemptive plan fulfilled. The impact of all God's covenants and promises within the Bible culminate in the person and works of Christ himself. The impact of God's love and grace toward us to believe in his son Jesus is our salvation as Christians. It is by grace through faith that we believe and accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. D.A. Carson says, A Christian is one who has been adopted by God, brought into the family of God, all by the Son of God. And this changes everything. Even right now, God extends His love, His grace and mercy toward each person who hasn't yet committed their life to Christ. To change the path you are walking and allow God's redemptive plan to impact your life here and now and for eternity, All you need is a heart willing to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you too will be adopted into the family of God. The impact of a decision to surrender one's life to the Lord, accepting Jesus' sacrifice on the cross in your place for your personal sins, changes everything. If you feel God is calling you to himself today, Don't leave here without talking to one of the pastors or myself or the friend who brought you here. And if you're watching online, give us a message online. It is our privilege to come alongside you as the family of God for the impact of God in your life. Galatians 3, 26 through 29 tells Christ followers, "...for you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus." And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ, like putting on new clothes. There's no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs, and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. Our faith in Jesus has made us sons and daughters of God. And with Jesus comes a new understanding of family. Starting in Matthew 12, verse 48, Jesus asked, Who is my mother? Who are my brothers? Then he pointed to his disciples and said, Look, these are my mother and brothers. Anyone who does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. All along, God had wanted a family, a chosen people who would be set apart and devoted to Him. God's purpose was for a larger family of faith, beyond just the household or nuclear family. Here at MVF, we celebrate our new family members as we rejoice with them in baptism. And tonight is a celebration service where we will worship and have baptisms. If you haven't been baptized yet, there's no better time than tonight, right? Let's give God the glory for the impact of Christ in your life. And if you have any questions about that, you can talk to Pastor Mike before you leave. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19, we read So now, you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Together, We are his house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. Believers have a new identity, a new eternal home, a new spirit within them and a new family as a result of the impact of God's faithfulness to his promises. And as believers, we are called to have an impact and a purpose beyond ourselves. Based on the commands of Jesus, we here at MVF sum it up, uh, we sum up our purpose and our impact with six words, I'm sure you all can say them by now, love God, love others, and make disciples. And our mandate is pointing people to Jesus by fostering relationships. And as, and here, we foster relationships three ways, up, in, and out. We understand that we can't truly love others the way Jesus calls us to without first loving God. So our impact starts first and foremost as a result of the quality time We spend fostering our up relationship with God daily. The impact of each individual family member's up relationship will affect all of our in and out relationships. And it will affect the impact for the kingdom of God, which in turn impacts our church family. If I am fostering my up relationship, if I'm loving God with my heart, my soul, my mind, and my strength, If I am spending time in God's word and in prayer, then when I gather back together with you all, with the church family, then I am better able to love others well and make a positive impact for God's glory. These in-relationships at MVF are made up of brothers and sisters in Christ who are spiritually united through our common Heavenly Father and who we will spend eternity with. I don't know if you've ever really thought about how deeply connected these roots are to each other. The roots of your spiritual family, your in-relationships, they are forever bonds, formed because of the everlasting love of God and bought by the blood of Christ. God promises to never leave or forsake any of His family. Once you're in God's family, you'll never be kicked out or disowned but we will still feel the impact of sin here and now. Church families are comprised of flawed human beings. We still struggle with pride, selfishness, and sin in general. Humanity gave up the perfect conditions way back in Genesis when they chose self over God. And quite frankly, we've been prioritizing ourselves ever since. We still do it today. The good news is, Though we still fail at times, and we will continue to fail, God never does. The impact of God's mercy and grace upon us is more than sufficient to overcome our weaknesses and enable us to live in a sacrificial relationship with one another. Being part of the family of God implies responsibilities towards other members of the family. We're called to contribute to the deepening of these familial bonds, to be instruments of love and kindness, of positive impact to those who are part of the church family. God gave us the power of the Spirit, and he gave us his wisdom in the pages of the Bible so that we would know how to best display the humility needed for a positive impact. In the New Testament, there is a Greek word, allelon, and it stands for one another. We see a hundred one another commands. They're given to us by Jesus, Peter, John, Paul, and James. A third of these one another commands deal with the church getting along. Another third are instructions to Christians to love one another. And of the last third, half of those stress, and attitude of humility. The church family is not to be self-focused. It is to be others-focused. The positive impact of a church family flows from obedience to Christ and doing the will of the Father, to love God and love others. And it's our privilege to serve each other within the church family. In the New Testament book of Acts, we see an explosion of the early church. And lots of times in the church world, you hear sayings like, let's be an Acts 2 church. And it's for good reason. There are nuggets of wisdom to be learned from the early church. In Acts 2, starting in verse 42, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Let's really notice some of the language in this passage. Devoted to teaching and fellowship, sharing meals, prayer. They met together, worshipped together with great joy and generosity, praising God. If we pay attention to some of those words, devoted, sharing, meeting, together, with great joy, generosity, and goodwill, would you say this language describes your impact within the church family and here at MVF? Do you devote yourself to teaching, prayer, and worship together? Or do you come in on the Sundays which are convenient to your schedule? Or perhaps you just come in with the mindset to check off the church box. And when you're here, do you devote yourself to the teaching and the fellowship and the worship with great joy? Or do you come in as a consumer, critiquing every aspect of the church service and expecting to be served, satisfied, and filled up by your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ? Are you regularly sharing meals? fellowshipping with, meeting the needs of, and praying for your church family? And do you do so with great joy? Do you seek the goodwill of and extend goodwill to your church family members? What is your church family impact? Would others say of you, that so-and-so is so generous and joyful. They love God and love others. They show goodwill to all whom they meet. Do you look to grow and strengthen your fellow brothers and sisters here at MVF? Let's look at a passage in Galatians 6. And my Bible at home has a heading that says, Bear one another's burdens. So starting in verse 2, we read, Share each other's burdens. And in this way, obey the law of Christ. If you think you are too important to help someone, you are only fooling yourself you are not that important. Verse 10. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. I can personally attest to the goodwill of a body of believers living out the one another commands. I was the recipient of a church family bearing one another's burdens. They were bearing my burdens and they were doing good to those in the family of faith. My family. They modeled after the Acts 2 church by sharing with my family as we needed, showing goodwill to us in a time of crisis when my ex-husband left our family. Now, all this is not to say that my blood family was not also helping and supporting. They are amazing. It's just that they were several states away, and so my church family stepped in. And my church family, they helped with everything from modeling through legal and financial jargon that comes with divorce, they babysat my kiddos, they offered counseling, they took us on vacations with them. Uh, I had a girlfriend who would send her husband over to help put up the Christmas tree each year. Uh, They prayed continually. Anytime, day or night, I knew that I could call them and I would get phone calls saying, oh, you've been on my heart, I just, I just need to pray for you or checking in and asking, you know, what can I do for you this week and encouraging me. Um, there was a big group of them. It's equivalent to what we have here at Life Groups. Um, they came over and helped, you know, pack up and load up the moving trailer. And then financially, they put tires on the car that I needed to use to pull the moving trailer back here to Colorado. And after moving here to Strasbourg, MVF became my family. Also extending support and love with joy and goodwill toward me and my family, helping bear my burden as a single mama. They offered discernment and wisdom while I weeded through the frogs to finally find a prince. Not just in times of crisis did the MVF family help, though. They came along and rejoiced with us as they helped in the planning of our wedding and numerous other celebrations over the years. I do not know how I would have got through that time without my church family reaching out in generosity with joy and goodwill to help us. There's a book, Side by Side, and in it, Ed Welch writes, we were meant to walk side by side, an interdependent body of weak people. God is pleased to grow and change us through the help of people who have been recreated in Christ and empowered by the Spirit. That is how, church, that is how life in the church works. I have also witnessed the impact of you all here as the MVF family. You come alongside each other in countless ways from the making of meals to help each other out to the financial gifting when someone has had a need to the discipleship and the fellowship that happens within your life groups to the countless prayers that you all offer up on behalf of another celebrations of births and baptisms and weddings to the gift of a, of funeral services to honor one who's gone to be with the Lord There is a witness to the goodness of God within a body of believers as they love, support, and encourage one another with joy. John Piper says, God is most glorified in you when you are most satisfied in him. So it follows that when we are most satisfied with God in our up relationship, and our joy is found in God alone because he is our greatest treasure then we are freed up to show goodwill to one another, which in turn brings him even greater joy. Those of us who are parents, we know how much joy it brings us to see our kiddos love on their siblings. God is glorified when we are devoted to each other in kindness, generosity, prayer, and love with joy. I was reading an article recently by Carrie Neuhoff, and a sentence stuck out to me. Isolation is a tool of the enemy. If you're not engaging in relationship within the MVF family, you're likely feeling lonely. And loneliness can lead to despair. I'd like to be bold and say, stop isolating yourselves. We need to draw together. The unity of all of us together in God's strength and power is needed to wage war against the enemy. Practically speaking, I'd like to challenge you with a few thoughts. So at the base level, just a small scale, I'd like to challenge everyone to be bold on Sunday morning and meet one new person. And if you have to, just take a quick minute in prayer. Ask the Spirit to give you some boldness. But go up and introduce yourself, right? Say the prayer and then go do it. Go talk to someone. Ask some of those awkward get-to-know-you questions. Don't rush out of church avoiding that awkwardness and the vulnerability of meeting someone new. And don't talk to the same people that you always talk to in order to avoid the awkwardness and vulnerability of meeting someone new. Now, if we want to bump it up a notch, I'd like to challenge you in boldness to invite someone to coffee or lunch or a round of golf and get to know them better. Again, push past the awkwardness and vulnerability. Most all of us desire connection and relationship and an invitation to hang out. Most importantly, listen. Listen to the Spirit's prompting and listen to your church family members. When you see or hear of a need, try to meet it. Recall the verse in Galatians 6 that we read earlier If you think you are too important to help someone, you are only fooling yourself. You're not that important. If you have a need, ask another family member. There's also a vulnerability in admitting that you need help, but the family grows stronger when we can come alongside one another. It won't always be easy to engage in relationship. There will be people we don't really click with. It will be awkward at times. But imagine how transformed our church would be if we all moved beyond our little circle of friends if we all chose to engage with someone we didn't know well or know at all. Church, I believe we can do even better. The stakes are too high. There are lost and lonely people all around us, and we're going to need to risk getting out of our comfort zones, being vulnerable and sometimes feeling awkward to reach out to them. I know that I am thankful for those who have been so impacted by the love of Jesus that they risk their own awkwardness and vulnerability to reach out to me. As you embrace one another in the eternal bonds of brothers and sisters in Christ, those around you also take notice. I can't tell you how many times we hear at MVF from guests and first-time attenders about how welcome they do feel. And that is an encouragement. But at the same time, our church family is growing, and we must always be reaching out. If we're all in pursuit of God, the impact from both our up and in relationships should directly correlate to our out impact. And as we're obedient to Christ, and in the pursuit of doing the will of God, we will impact the kingdom by making disciples, pointing people to Hmm, excuse me, pointing people to a saving relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ, further expanding the family of God. In the Great Commission, found in Matthew 28, Jesus tells us, starting in verse 19, Therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. It is our duty and privilege as members of the family of God and also as members of the MVF Church family to be able to share the hope we have within us. And we do this by fostering relationships. We foster relationships with others so that we can extend an invitation to join our family. So let's pause a minute and think about... Who impacted you spiritually? It is more than likely that someone in the Big C Church family impacted you with the message of the Gospel. Someone you knew allowed the grace and mercy of Jesus to flow out of them, impacting you to the point of desiring a relationship with Christ. Sounds like pointing people to Jesus by fostering relationships. When the Church family operates by the love of God in word and deed, to spread the love of God, the church grows and our communities are impacted for the better. We are God's ambassadors, and as such, we are called to reflect the love of our Savior to a lost and dying world, and to act, to act in the spread of the gospel. In 1 Corinthians 15, 58, Paul encouraged the Corinthians whom he addressed as brothers and sisters, to be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. God chose us to be in his family. Paul wrote in Galatians 3.26, It is through our faith in Jesus we are sons and daughters of God. Our faith fuels our confidence and it directs our steps as we seek God first in our daily lives. Uh, I'm reading a book, How Right Worship Changes Us, and in it, Tim Milner says, We must seek His face. Become serious about the barrier of sin. Live for a God who overwhelms us with His steadfast love. Foster an excitement and a passion for His eternal glory and resign. And have our hearts set on nothing less than seeing more people turn to him and live the abundant and eternal life that Jesus offers. To borrow another phrase from the book, we cannot merely play church. Ephesians 2.10 For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them our talents and abilities are no accident we should work diligently with the gifts God has given us so we are able to be conduits of the love of God as we reach out to others the impact of a church family is found in the act we must act in order to make an impact it is not about us it's about Jesus And it's not just about this life, it's about an eternal future. The impact of our roots, of our spiritual family, are characterized by initiating and acting. We are here today because God, in his grace and mercy toward us, initiated his plan to restore us to a right relationship with him before the creation of the earth and through the Abrahamic Covenant. We are here today as redeemed, chosen, and loved members of God's family because Jesus accomplished God's plan. He acted on behalf of his Father all the way to the cross, giving his life for others. We too must initiate. We must act. We must move toward others in his name. The impact of our spiritual roots of God's love toward us should propel us to love God, love others, and make disciples so that the impact of a church family would be manifested in love and goodwill to others with joy all to the glory of God's name. So church family, what will your impact be? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that you are a good, good Father. Thank you for your initiation of a plan from before the creation of the world to choose us, to adopt us. And Jesus, we thank you for acting upon that plan, for accomplishing the plan to bring us into the family of God. Spirit, I pray that you would embolden us to live the life you've called us to, to reach out to others, to be attentive to the Spirit's promptings, and ultimately to love others well because you so love us. It's in your name we pray. Amen.